We want better schools. We want them now. Stand in our way, and you'll catch these eight black hands with Ankrum, Cole, El Mecky, and Stewart. Join us now for an hour or more of talk on education and culture. Welcome back to another episode of the Eight Black Hands podcast. And it's interesting because it just seems to be that all of the hands happen to be on the road at the moment, but that ain't stopping no show at all. Uh, I'm here with my brothers. Uh, one may have to leave early and one may have to pop in, but we are here for you all, man. How you brothers been? How you been doing? Uh, how you been, Ray? I'm well. You know, already know that I don't like when you start with me first. The dopest MC goes last but i'm well how are you sir i'm doing well and uh our brother our brother our, our brother citizen stewart uh just popped on we are doing introductions chris how you doing brother i see you are out of this world how you doing <laughs> exactly i'm out of this world <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness yeah and and uh sharif how are you today brother Doing well, doing well. About to, right. um, I'm in the airport, so I'll be on on mute for for a bit. And um, as I said, I had to hop off in a little bit, but yeah, good nice. seeing everybody. It's all good, man. It's all good. So I got three topics that we wanted to kind of go over today, man. And y'all can throw some stuff in there. Uh, one, our guy Booker is begging for money, and definitely want to know how you all feel about that, especially in light mm-hmm. of the last the show we've done a, a few weeks ago. The second thing, and I saw a lot of this. I mind this from Chris's uh timeline. Uh, there was a six-year-old black girl that was placed in handcuffs for having a tantrum at a school. And then finally, there was an autistic boy uh, who was to have his desk placed in a bathroom. Basically, schools are wilding right now, and education <laughs> is the wild, wild west. Uh, so, let's start so with let's our... Let's do this. Let, yeah, no, 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 no. Go ahead, Ray. We're not giving Corey Booker no burn. We're not giving Corey Booker no burn on our show no more, bro. <laughs> well, we got to talk about the topic, brother. We'll talk about him last then. You want to talk about him last or you want to talk about him first and get him out the way, right? I don't want to talk said... about him at all. I'd rather, I'd rather talk about Takashi 69. Oh, my but God. But if, if we could start, if we could start, we're talking about the, um, talking about the six-year-old. Because I know we all got a lot of fire for that. Yeah, so let's talk about the six-year-old. So uh, does anybody want to bring folks up to speed or you want me to do it? Go ahead, yeah, man. Go ahead. That's all good. So, so basically, um, there was a six-year-old child at a school who was having a tantrum, and uh, basically, the police got caught on her, and they put this little girl in handcuffs. I'll read just the first uh, paragraph of the news story that's on BuzzFeed. A police officer who arrested two children, a six-year-old and an eight-year-old, at school in separate incidents on Thursday will be subject to an internal investigation, the Orlando Police Department said. Officer Dennis Turner was on duty as a school resource officer when he arrested the students on misdemeanor charges. Lieutenant Wanda Miglio of the Orlando Police Department told BuzzFeed News, Turner did not follow the department's policy of requiring approval from a watch commander for the arrest of any child under the age of 12. There's so much wrong with what I just read. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But jump in, fellas. Go ahead. I mean, I would say school just started and it's and and it's mayhem. Right. Like, but it just shows like, you know, there's there's no uh, there's just no space for just a black kid just being a child. Right. Like and so. The whole idea of just being a first of all that you're calling the police on a six year old like my daughter is five and a half and I, and it, you know when it, when you mention that I'm just like picture her face and I'm just like 
how could somebody possibly even call the police on that? You know, like, is it, I don't care about her temper tantrum. Like, five-year-olds, six-year-olds, children have temper tantrums. And the fact that you would say, I'm going to put this this metal bracelet, this this handcuff on her, is, you know, it, it just talks about the mindset. Like, you don't even see that as a human being. You don't see that child as a child. You don't see any of that. You just see something less than, which yeah, has crazy. always been the problem of putting our children in front of some of these guys. Like, you know, like you, you don't, you don't, it, it's just, it's infuriating. So yeah. I'm going to jump ahead, in, I'm going to jump in on that. Right. Because here's, here's some of the things that had to happen before the resource officer even thought about putting handcuffs on the kid. First and foremost, the kid was probably in a classroom. Like, I don't know the specifics, but the kid was in a, if the kid was in a classroom, the kid threw a temper tantrum in the classroom. That's what teachers are there for. Right. So then that's the first step. Then the next step is, all right, you got assistant principals, you got deans of discipline, and then you have the principal. So there's multiple layers that had to go through in order for this resource officer to be called. And so I want to know what the hell the school staff was doing while all this was occurring. Watching. Hey, well, somebody, somebody from the staff called the, the cops, yes. right? So, Chris, I'm I'm mining this from your aiding, uh, timeline. They were they were aiding and abetting this criminal activity by the resource officer. Well, I, 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 and, and, I, and I think we're going and I think we're going to dive in deeper there, Chris. I took this off of your timeline, uh, and I saw you talking about it first. What what is your reaction? Well, the first thing that I want to say that I think is really interesting is that this is only one of two children that were arrested that day. The other one was an right. eight-year-old, <laughs> right? So it's not like it's just a isolated incident of how they handle these type of things. But man, I like look at this a lot of different ways. I mean, number one, we see stories like this and we get outraged and everybody gets mad and everything. And some of the same people that will be outraged by this will be some of the same people two or three days from now who tell you we need to be loyal and devoted to these schools. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know what to tell you, man. Like, like on the one hand, we will get outraged and annoyed and talk about them like school to prison pipelines and blow up on someone will come along and say, well, maybe y'all should start some other schools or some different schools. And you know what your response will be? No, that's, you know, we shouldn't do that. Right. Cause we should be loyal. So anyways, I'll just start there. Number two, <laughs> you know, I just, like, listen, you know, you gonna keep saying it like, like how many messages do you need? to be told, like how many stories do you need? This isn't the first story. There's four of us on this podcast. Is this the first time we heard anything like this? Now it hasn't always been, you know, it hasn't always been race-based. I just think actually schools are like a a tool of social control for the state period. Cause I've seen the exact same thing happen to this little autistic white boy where they handcuffed him. They didn't just handcuff him. Same age too. You should look it up. They handcuffed him at the elbows behind his back and left him like that for a long ass time in a way that looked like really inhumane. And, uh, and we see stories like that. We let it go. Like we'll be outraged about this, but it'll, it'll come down the road again. And someone who will be outraged by this will be arguing with us at some point uh, about how education, public schools are the center of the cornerstone of democracy and all that stuff, whatever. So first of all, there's that. Let's just get that out of the way. I mean, the second part of this is with the oh, part. Oh, I'm go. sorry. Got, that was just the first no, part. Go ahead, brother. Keep going. That was part one, man. Like this is a dissertation. <laughs> right? You said dissertation. <laughs> you sell your dissertation on Amazon. This is all I got, brother. So, 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 so slow down. Anyways, just it, it, nothing big. The second part to me just is 
I still don't know what y'all expect to happen, though, when you got children who are kicking people and hitting people and running with scissors and throwing stuff and threatening to hurt other people. And in this case, the grandmother says, because a child has sleep apnea, but I have sleep apnea and it's never made me like do bodily harm to other people. But that'll be the unpopular part of my opinion. But I mean, but in just, but just even comment, hold on, wait, hold on one second, wait, wait a second, right? I would even say, though, like, I mean, there's a myriad, there are a hundred things that can happen, right? Even if that kid is super off the hook, this is a six-year-old, like, that doesn't lead to her being handcuffed to put in a police car. The other part that was disturbing, I mean, I'm a... I'm just trying to process it. But the other part that was disturbing was the policy, right? Did you hear about the, the policy was that Turner did not follow the department's policy of requiring approval from a watch commander for the arrest of any child under the age of 12. So if you're 12, <laughs> if you're 12, fam, we got a, we got a cell waiting for you. I mean, this whole thing is so like jarring. Right. And I think that, I mean, we talk about the value that's put on kids. And I think that you got a really good point. I actually don't know the type of school. I can guess what type of school it was, but it, I didn't see where it actually said the, 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 the governance model of the school. But mm-hmm. I mean, at what point, right? Like, because this grandmother would have been wrong or this father would have been wrong or somebody would have been wrong. They would have went up to the school and put foot to ass. You know what I mean? Like, like at what point? I just point- want to be clear too. When I posted this, I just want to say this. When I posted it, it is, it is a charter school. I just want to be mm-hmm. real about this too. Right? Yeah, because so yeah. like, like this is a charter. So so I don't want anybody like, you know, thinking that I'm just like railing against the, the regular school systems again. This is straight up middle class charter school. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think that like, and, and Ray, I want to bring you back in. I wasn't trying to cut you off, but I think that like, I don't care what the governor's motto is, right? Like trash is trash. Like that's just terrible. Um, right. And there are, let's be very clear though. There are issues where young people are like out of control and there's a lot of things that need to happen. And a school may not be fully equipped to handle like said tantrum or whatever the case is. First off, whoever this, this officer was had time today. Like they, they was arresting everybody. <laughs> you want to go to jail? You want to go to jail? I don't know when to do this, but I got time today. <laughs> I got time today. So I don't know what has been happening to that school. I don't know what happened with that person, man. But Ray, go ahead, brother. I didn't mean to cut you off. So Chris, I'm glad that you pointed out that this was a charter school uh, because that was something that was unbeknownst to me. But that just tells all our viewers that it doesn't matter what school you're at. You can be at a parochial school. You can be at a charter school. You can be at a public school. If you do some stuff that's just not becoming, or you do something that puts uh, 8 million black kids at risk, we're going to talk about it. And we're going to have something to say about it. So, you know, I know people say that this is a pro-charter podcast or whatever. No, this is a pro-kids podcast. And if you do something to black kids, then you are liable to catch some heat. Yeah, I mean, I think... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Sri. Yeah, I mean, two things. One, like, and we've seen this, and this isn't the first time you heard about this kind of stuff at charters, right? Like, we've heard about this. We've heard about it wherever black kids are trying to be students. And I would say there are a ton of things. It's, it's a six-year-old. Like, you know, my daughter is about the average size height of a six-year-old. <laughs> like, there's a million things I could do to keep her safe and to keep other people safe without putting handcuffs on her, calling the resource officer. Like, one, and I just wonder, were there counselors in there? You know, more, a million more, uh, what, are you, what was this last statistic? A million and a half more students have sworn police officers than counselors in their schools. So, you know, as soon as you start eroding supports, you're going to have problems. 
I mean, so I guess the question that I would ask is if, if, if your child was being super unruly, right? And I, have a, I actually do have a story about this, a personal story. But if your child was being super unruly, uh, how... And we're going to want to hear the story of you when you were six and how unruly you were. Oh, uh, so I'll I tell you. I, I'll, I'll, even, I'll even tell you, right? Like, I mean, so I was out, like, it wasn't at school, but I was in my, uh, I was living with my grandmother and we was living in the projects in Kentucky. And I guess I was out cussing and I was just being, uh, I don't know, just, I was just out being a bad kid. And uh, the dude brought me to my grandmother's house. And my grandmama looked at him and she looked at me and she looked at him and she said, he was doing what? And he told her again and she said, you didn't beat his ass? Like my grandmother basically gave the neighborhood, <laughs> oh. she gave the, all the elders and adults in my neighborhood permission to whoop me uh, if I was ever being I, I, that disrespectful in front of adults. So, I mean, times have definitely changed. I, I know exactly what that feels like. <laughs> you know, so like I, I, I grew, I, I grew up my my elementary school uh, kindergarten. I'm, t- I'm trying to think of when the first time I got paddled because I, I was at a um, a corporal punishment school and Mr. Brady. I yo I we used to see black kids in this office all the time getting their asses tore up, man. Um, so I I think that would have been one. And he didn't discriminate either. It could be a black girl, black boy. It could be anybody. If you in that office, you're gonna get your ass paddled through three three licks. You getting for well, unruly behavior? So you know, I think we're all gonna agree on how crazy or insane it sounds that somebody so young is arrested by police officers. I'm gonna reiterate that I just think that schools overall have become very. Uh, surveillance and police and and state systems of control, period. I don't care which part of the apparatus it is, what governance model, whatnot. They can all be culprits to, to participating in that. So parents, if you listen to this, choose wisely for your children, uh, wherever you put them. I'm never going to be a proponent of any model or type of school that's going to get away from what I just said. What I just said to you is a lot of these schools are are instruments of social control for the state. And that's where their money comes from. And that's why they exist. The behavior part of this, I don't think we're ever going to uh, agree on that on this podcast. Um, but you can empathize with different levels of this. You can em- empathize with the young child who ends up in cuffs in the back of, of a car. You can in- empathize with the bullied child, the child who actually is catching hands from somebody who's out of control for whatever reason. You can come up with all the reasons in the world, everything that could be going on at home. It's not going to matter to you if you're the father of a child that's being bullied and the school administration isn't giving you any straight answers about what's being done about that. I've experienced with that, so I know. Um, but... I'll just like, just so that we make this about all schools and all people and all races. I mean, there were two kids at this school that were arrested. The, the show that we did before about the wrestler who had his, his locks cut off, the coach in that system has just now been uh, uh, put on paid administrative leave or something like that. They're just now looking into it. I read about hey, like- That was eight, like in the fall, right? Yeah, that was a while back. So it's like, I, like, like within the last few days, I've just seen like- multiple stories involving different kinds of kids that that kid was biracial. These kids are black. I told you about the autistic kid that that's white that had his hands, uh, had his elbows handcuffed behind his back in a way that almost looked like slavery days. Um, man, school's off the hook period. You know, I I don't think I'm not trying to take away from the racial element and from the other things that we're talking about, because those things are all very real. But if there's any parent that's listening to us that think that their schools are, um, I don't know, safe from any of this just because they happen to be of a certain race and class. You're not. 
You're not. Just let me tell you right now, you're not. They're policing a lot of these schools. They're policing in uh, uh, suburban schools. They're policing urban schools. This isn't uh, a unique problem. It's kind of widespread. And I think parents are, people in general, I just think are too trusting of schools. No, I, I agree. And before we move on, I'll, and I'll ask the brothers if they have any other thoughts before we go to the next topic. But I mean, there are so many other, like I said, like the, the, the AP, if they had one or the principal or somebody, a teacher, you know, I've definitely been threatened when I was younger. I used to get in trouble. Well, put it like this. I, I stopped getting in trouble because something major did happen. Um, I have I had a dad at home and that made a difference because he was a big dude. Um, and when he was out of jail, I did not act up when he was in jail. Best was off, baby. But somebody could have put that kid in that car, took them home, or, you know what I'm saying, took them to their grandmother or something like that. I just feel like with a six-year-old girl, um, and I'm sure there's extenuating circumstances in a lot of, like, cases, but that just sounds ridiculous, right? Let me ask you a question, Charles. Did you see this other video with the little black boy that was being beaten by several white kids in the locker room? No, I didn't. Oh, I think I saw a a clip of that, and the mom had uh, got access to the tape and talked about her kid being jumped. You should look at the tape. It's it's ridiculous. They they take this boy, and and there's a teacher within earshot who uh, the mom is now suing because the teacher had to have heard this was going down. But y'all should see this video. I saw it. Four or five white boys. It's it's hard to watch that kind of stuff. Uh huh, and he's like two, he's he's like two grades. I want to say he's like two years younger than all those kids. So little black boy with an afro, bunch of white kids. This is my advertisement for integration, by the way. <laughs> so sign up now, <laughs> black people. Sign up now. Sign up. Go watch it. Put it you know, at the end of it. It should just you say integration. Resist, right? You, know, you can resist. Integration. You can re- oh my god. Yeah, you it's, it's just, you can resist. Yeah. But you know, when I watched that, I wanted every one of them little white boys to be arrested. I wanted somebody mm. to walk in right at that minute and grab them by the back of the neck and throw them in the back of a car and take them somewhere and arrest them for assault, right? Mm. Now, look, look at the difference in my response, right? Because I'm looking yeah, at this little black boy. Chris, that's calculated, though, bro. Like, they, if, you, if you make the decision to say, you know what, all four of us are going to jump on this black kid that's and film younger it, than us, and, and film it, and film yeah. it, and, and that's yeah. younger than us, yeah. bro, they need, something needs to happen. Yeah. yeah, yeah, man. I mean, that's that's. Free. What's your thoughts, man? And bring you back into the conversation. Yeah. And, and just so the people yeah. know how how much of a soldier Reef is. Like Reef, Reef is like marching through the airport right now, still doing the show. And I just and I just want to say, while Chris is on the line, he is marching. Everything Sharif doesn't walk. Baba Sharif doesn't walk. He marches everywhere. He marches in his dreams. And and just and Chris, just for your own edification, I just want you to know that Sharif is at the airport and people that's listening Chris Stewart got Sharif some amazingly beautiful awesome technologically advanced headphones and Sharif didn't even take him to the airport with him Chris. I just want you to what? know so, so Sharif go ahead and answer sir what well, wait, first of all wait, those, wait, are, don't those, try those headphones don't breathe by yeah. wait. no no I'm gonna talk about this <laughs> those headphones are for the noise level in my house my no, my house is way louder than the airport. Try. Yeah, yeah, your house is louder than the, than jets. That's what's up. Actual jet engines. Yeah, yeah. Three year old and a five year old, bro. You ain't seen nothing like those two, boy. You still need them headphones on the road, bro. And even for this, this would have got you. Listen, those Bose headphones will get you crystal clear clarity. But go ahead, man. Uh, not to interrupt you. Do your thing. Yeah, I, I mean, I would just say, you know, like. With the, uh, I think there's ways to, you know, follow up and hold, you know, people accountable without always using handcuffs, 
jail cells to do it. I just don't think, I think we've been conditioned as a country that that's the only way. Where there are countries all around the world that don't use it at the level that we do. You know, I and so I would, I, I would say like, you know, yes, those uh, teenagers should be held accountable, but there are ways to do that without de- defaulting to 911. I just think that just creates this police state in our schools and we don't need it. Do you think, though, possibly, Sharif, though, that the more lenient we get on these things, the more of it we're going to have? Because because, listen, I, the, the only thing behind the question is my age. Like if I'm going to start being that old man who's going to start romanticizing how things were when I was a kid. But, you know, the bottom Stay line off is my lawn. <laughs> right. No, but, but the bottom line is, you know, there was just some stuff you didn't do. Right. There's some stuff you didn't do at school. And, and it seems like over time it's getting more and more acceptable to just do anything. Right. Yeah, but we're close to we're close to the same age, Chris. People got jumped like that. That that did happen, you know, when we were younger. You know, well, it I happened, just, but, but if I never got caught. You got in trouble, like a lot of trouble. And 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 then you know, a lot of times you got in trouble at home. That, yeah, that's one of the things that might be missing. But that goes back to accountability, right? Like I don't know if we need more jails, more because as soon as we start saying we need to call more police, then we need more police, then we need more jails, then we need more judges. And at the end of the day, that's all taking a bunch of resources and they're not being even held accountable. So, yeah, they may do this piece right. But like right now in Philly, like in 1979 was the first time the federal government actually said, hey, this a police department in this country is way out of pocket. And they are like abusing the rules. 1979. That stuff is still happening. And I'm just. I'm just nervous about bringing that into our schools. No, I think you're right about that. Actually, I don't like the idea of the police in the schools, period. I don't like police state schools, but because I don't like that, because I want a peaceable society and I think we can do it without police officers, it's going to be incumbent on us as, adult, as adults to say what the rules are. Oh, like, absolutely. Like we're gonna, and we're going to get rid of the police. Yeah, accountability. And then, you know, as a community, as us as parents, you as educators and school leaders, what are we going to decide on together? Can I, can Let's I get have- rid of the police. But can I add on to that, though, Chris? Yeah. And, and and just as somebody like I've heard that get floated, right? Like that's something that always gets floated publicly around taking police out of schools. And I remember we were talking about it uh, when I was working in the superintendent's office and the amount of backlash, like not publicly. Right. But the amount of parents that was like, if you take police out of this damn high school where my kid is going. I guess right. who else will be leaving? Right. That's because right. I think that there are things that we like to say publicly, but like. Mm-hmm. There are some like if, if if schools got guns and knives and things of that nature. Now I'm not saying I'm on either side of this, but what I do want to bring into it is the realness of like that. So why can't right? you commit? Why can't you commit to a side? What you, you always do this shit, bro. You always you, do this you just, shit. You, <laughs> what's wrong with Ray? What's, I don't know. He's cranky. You know what I'm saying? Ray, well, back, listen, Ray sound like his back is hurting. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Ray, do you need some Don's pills, bro? <laughs> no, he sound like he just sucked on a helium balloon and he had a backache. That's what it sounds like. You know, like you need a backyotomy. I mean, as soon as you do that. But I mean, a lot of that stuff comes down to trust in the culture that you build in the school. Right. Nah, if bro. they're saying, like, yeah, like, trust me, I've, I've been to two of the most dangerous, so-called dangerous schools in the state. And we turned them around without police, without, um, what do they call it? Uh, what's in the front, in front of the airport? Metal detectors, all of that stuff. So how did we do that? We did it with building a culture and building trust. 
People put people take things in their own hands when they don't believe you're going to do anything about it. When they feel like their voice is well, what, what, what history? What history? If I go to a certain tr- traditional public school in certain cities, what? Why? Why would I? Why would I trust that? We just Chris just told us, right? Like he just he just put out. A, so wait a minute, you gonna uh, you gonna uh, trust it more with police? That's lesson? my whole thing. So you're going to trust um, it more because you have more police there. Nah, I'm just, you're, what, you're, what, you're what I'm saying is, what, but, but what I'm saying is, wait and, a minute, hold and, up. But you're more in peril when you have more police in your school with children. Well, and okay, when you, so when you so add, so when so you add race and class to that, <laughs> this, then you're this is even where I want to like, I want to call the difference between you two. Cause I think both of you are hitting on something that I think is right. A big part of the black community is going to come after if you take the police out of schools right now. And Sharif, what you are saying is the preferred state. The preferred state for me would be to get, I don't like police. I don't like police officers. Neither I, don't do like, I. I, I don't like the state using their agents to control the population. This is supposed to be a government of the consent, like governed by the consent with my consent. And as long as I'm not doing anything that hurts you or hurts your people, you need to back off and leave me alone. We don't need any police officers, right? But that's incumbent on us to build a peaceful society without them and what our rules are going to be. So in this situation, if you were to take the, the police officers out of the schools tomorrow, I think the, the worry is what happens the day after tomorrow, not what happens in the future once we have it all figured out and we have kids safe again. There are just some schools right now where I think that there would be fear that even like if you took them out today, that next week you would have a whole bunch of hurt people. Oh yeah, I don't I don't disagree with that. Look, most of most of the high schools in Philadelphia, not all the charters, like we're a high school at Shoemaker, none of the mastery schools, the thing except Bratz had a metal detectors, right? And so um, the school district said, hey, these last three, they were generally had a larger white population than the rest of the city, um, the rest of the city schools. They said, hey, we're going to um, you know, give you all metal detectors too. So there were some folks who were like, you know, irate about that. The student representatives on the school board said, hey, actually, we've spoken to some students and they actually want them. They actually would feel safer with the metal detectors in there. And so, yeah, there are people all across the uh, continuum with this. All I'm saying is that when you add police, you're adding problems. You're not solving problems for the most part, because not, it's not about that yeah. individual. It's about the, the, the paradigm and how you operate with children and how you solve problems. Right, you well, want I want our listeners to, chi- want our let's, listeners to let's, chime let's, in, though. I want our listeners to chime in. Let's just make a bookmark right here. I'm telling you right now, if you're listening to this, send us something and let us know how, how you think, because we're going to keep pontificating on it. But I want to know what the listeners think. Describe describe to us, like, right now, do you think that it's possible or feasible to get rid of police in the schools, either in the short term or long term, right? and, and how you do it? Email us, tweet at us, do something. Let yeah, us know that tweet at us, and, I, and I'll post a question so, on our Twitter account. Go ahead, Ray. Right. Here's the deal. Reef doesn't like police. Chris doesn't like police. Charles, you don't like police. But you know who loves the police? Takashi Six <laughs> Nine. <laughs> oh man, I don't have time to Google that. Like, what is that? Like, what does oh that even God. mean? Uh, you couldn't Google it, bro, because you couldn't spell it. I right. can't spell and, it. And, and you know what's funny? I can't spell it, right? And you know, and you want to know what I really thought Ray was going to say? And I knew he was going to bring up Takashi because we talked about it. I thought he was going to say he did because he's a Republican. I thought yeah, he was about to get it. So I Ray, like, you know what I thought he was going to say? I thought he was going to say, well, who you going to call at two in the morning? You going to call the police, bro. You ain't going to call the Right. You going to call the police. I'm calling the guardian angel. That's what I'm calling. Well, right. but I, but I think that's a but I think that's I'll actually pray a, for you at your funeral, bro. <laughs> but I, I think that's actually a good segue um, 
to, to kind of move from the police topic. And uh, we obviously aren't done with this, right? Because I think we can have deeper conversations about it. Uh, but here's another situation where there were no cops. We should all blog about that this week, too. That'll be real interesting just okay. to see what say, our say, different say, perspectives are. Say, say that off I mean, so we're not all on the hook for that. But uh, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. What you what you mean? We're not all on the hook. You can write. No, no, no. I said say that. Say that. Yeah, right. I was saying say that off air. I thought I repeated off air, but I'm gonna say it on yeah, air. That's right. Um, say it on listener, air. listening audience, we um hold us accountable because we had Chris posed a great question to you, and we should also chime in and um and send it out. Five hundred words or less. That's what's up. That's why we call him Baba Sharif because he out here giving out chores. So listen. So <laughs> now, and he messed up my segue, which was really good. Thanks, Sharif. Uh, focus on your on your plane. So <laughs> now, back to uh, <laughs> back to our transition that was masterful. Uh, was. So a situation uh, that didn't involve uh, police, but did involve another form of mistreatment of young people. There was an autistic child uh, at a school and he uh, needs a quiet space to work. And so somebody in the school suggested putting his desk uh, in a bathroom stall. And not only did they suggest it, it actually happened. And so there was a picture that got taken and the mother said that she was stunned and she was shocked that she took the picture because she did not see she didn't believe what she was seeing. The school eventually did not follow through with that plan, uh, but <laughs> said that my son was humiliated, embarrassed, and disgusted at this inhumane suggestion that he work in a bathroom. And the school then said, well, it wasn't a bathroom that kids actually use to go and use the bathroom in or whatever that was supposed to mean, fellas. Uh, and there are no cops in sight on this one. So uh, no. what is our reaction to this? Well, I mean, it's appropriate. It's appropriate, right? Like, I mean, the education is is crap anyway. So might as well put the desk in the crapper, right? Like, it's symbolic. The shit makes sense to me, right? Your education is shit. Of course you want to do it in the bathroom. You know, listen, I saw this and you you got this from my timeline, bro. And I'm trying to tell you right now, this one set me off. This set me off. These type of things are the last straw because you're looking at a kid there's a picture of this. People should go look it up. There's a picture of the kid. And, and it, it, it just, it breaks your heart that any adult people that get state money think that this is okay in any way, shape or form. Uh, Sharif, what's your thoughts, man? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Like all this stuff just makes you like livid, but also, you know, I, I swear, like if, it, if we, if we didn't have just certain youth and certain people making great decisions for kids and with kids and with communities, I'd be in despair because I, I just wouldn't be able to see any way out. It's just, it's only because like Tanisha writes a great piece about, you know, hope and outrage. Like it makes me outrageous, you know, it's outrageous. And so it, I'm outraged, but also like, you know, like I have hope in, in, in some of the, in many of the youth and some of the adults, many of the youth and some of the adults, but it, it goes back to humanity. Like, right. Like when I first became a principal my first year and I was taking a walk around, they showed me that there was a, a sped classroom, self-contained special mm-hmm. classroom mm-hmm. for students with disabilities. It was in the basement. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. why is this? It was the only class in the basement. You know, like the gym was down there, the cafeteria in this class. And I think Woodshop. And I'm like, why is this in the basement? And wow. they, they were like, oh, no, this is, it's always been like this. This isn't really the basement. I'm like, it may not be <laughs> underneath, <laughs> underneath, but it is the only, all the other classrooms all the other children have their regular classes upstairs. 
And so, no, you're going to move this. This ain't staying down here. So we're going to find a room and we move them. Right. But then on the other hand, it's just like humanity. I've, I've heard of uh, women breastfeeding and being forced to do that in the bathroom mm. in schools. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, and it's just, it's just like all of this stuff. And I'm just like, this is school. Like, this is like, what is our society? Like, this is how we respect people and mm-hmm. this show and honor. Like, you got teachers that need to breastfeed in the bathroom. Like I, I like I, it's hard for me to wrap Please my mind. Take it, bro. What do, you, what do you want the teachers to breastfeed? Cause now this is a different Find conversation a- at this moment. Wait, we're trying to say you for last. You, you said you wanted to go last cause you're yeah, the best yeah. MC. Can you wait brother? All right, all right, I'm just asking right, a question. Right, I just want to know cause you know, Abarif is like introducing a very interesting idea here. I just want to know what you expect. I'm just saying. This is the whole idea of bathroom as a classroom. That's a that's the filthiest that's right. place in your building. Right. And for you to whether it's a child to do work, whether it's a woman to breastfeed, whatever it is, like like who who like who signs off on this? How many people are in your leadership team all agree? This is one thing if it's one person that says, Oh yeah, this is a good idea, and they are like the 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 no one else has influence over the decision. It's another thing if a group of adults so-called educated adults come together and sign off on this nonsense. Yo, Whether it's this so, or 5,000 other things that we hear about, um, you know, that goes on in our schools. And it's the first month of school, yo. Well, let me That's jump right. in on this uh, before we hand it to Ray, because he's, you know, the God MC or whatever. Um, <laughs> Sharif, I just want you to know, this might end up on YouTube, and I don't think you can get any closer to the camera. He uh, can't, it bro. Was, He's all up in your grill. Did you I see know. it? Oh, I know. Out and, nose and, and, hair. and Sharif is sweating for y'all. Like, that, like that's, we got, we got, we done turned on Sharif. Yo, the F terminal is the furthest thing in, the, like, I feel like I walked three miles up in this bar. <laughs> so, so here, here's my question, right? Like, I agree with... I mean, this is just absurd. I, I'm not even, I don't even know if I need to just go into my feelings about how crazy that is. My question is this, right? At what point does foot connect to asses? Like I'm asking the parents, right? The parents on this podcast, and nice new picture there. Uh, nice new background, Chris. But what, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, and, and Ray, <laughs> after they answer, I'd love for you to take it away. And I'd love for you to answer this at, at some point too, but. I'm asking you all as parents, right? Because I can say and pontificate a lot around what I would do if I was a parent, but I don't know because I'm actually not one, right? In my mind, I'm like, at this point, somebody's furniture got to move and we're going to have police come up here for a real reason. So let me ask you all as parents, at what point does do you get outraged and somebody else now needs to be uncomfortable other than your child? So Tupac said it best. Some folks uh, rally, some folks riot. You do that to my child, it's going to be a riot. Even Sharif, if, it's a if you one don't step two, if you don't take two steps back from this damn camera, but he's got he's got to be <laughs> on the phone because he didn't wear my expensive headphones that I gave him for his birthday. So well, now he's got to get close to the phones. I mean, you you gave the wrong person the headphones, but uh, <laughs> and they noise canceling at that. They noise canceling. You know, it sounds like he's in a department store and all of this I, loss prevention is coming after him, <laughs> right? Like, he's he's in aisle four. It's <laughs> law pre- loss prevention. He's in aisle four. He's stealing things. Sharif, can you mute yourself, please, so we can not hear uh, you have conversations at the airport with your terrible headphones on? Uh, Ray, uh, and this is not you answering the last, answering last, you know, we got your time for you, brother, but um, but, but my question to you, Ray, you are a father, uh, you're really involved with your kids, and you really, you know, I know how you feel about education, man, like seriously, at what point, what has to happen at the school for you to go up there and make people feel uncomfortable? 
Mm. Very How would you little. Do it? <laughs> very little has to happen in order for me to feel uncomfortable. Like I, you know, I can get an email and, and, and end up at the school. Like I, you know, I see a grave in the grave portal that I don't like. I'm going to the school to get an explanation. So very little has to occur in order for me to in order for me to show up at the school. It just so happens that my daughter goes to my school, so like I can have conversations with her teachers or whatever. But usually I try to stay hands off with my daughter's education mm-hmm. only good. because like I'm the boss. That's good. And so I'll have my wife uh, have conversations with, uh, with, with, with her teacher, but at my son's school where I got no affiliation. Oh my God. You hate me up there. They hate me in that school. They're like, Oh my God, this asshole who's a superintendent is coming in here to tell us how to do our job. Damn right. Here come this Republican. I think that's what they're actually saying. They probably love your kid, love your wife. Yep. It's, it's your just, political stance. They, they just done with right. Like, here comes so, come Black Trump. So before, before, are you on the plane? Yeah, wait, 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 wait. Wait, Sharif, yeah, are you on the plane? I thought you got delayed. He's on the plane. Look at him. Look at him. He's on yeah. the plane. Oh my yeah, God. Did you see, uh, did you see the, uh, what's it? The Trevor Joy? <laughs> Trevor said, uh, it was like, from black people everywhere. We don't know this guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Sharif, so Sharif, before you have to take off or whatever it is that's happening, um, this is worth the bad audio people for the record i just want y'all to know uh but sharif what has to happen for you to go up to a school and now other people are now uncomfortable i mean for my child to be disrespected i mean that, that's that's it or what are you doing if this is your child potential if your child's just is put in the bathroom what are you doing I, I don't even know. I don't this has never know. happened on a podcast. There is no podcast <laughs> anybody's going to listen to ever right. in the history of podcasts where in the background there's going to be a flight attendant talking about sit down. Right, <laughs> I know. Sharif got to go, man, because Sharif going to end up getting, he already he already can't get to a, through, through an airport without getting being on a watch list. So we're going to let Sharif go uh, because he gets harassed he, he all the time. You know, Augustus could just deal with it. If you want, right, I'll see y'all want, later. Uh, so you don't kick the brother off. <laughs> they, they told him to turn his phone off. But Chris, oh, okay. what 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 has to happen? If your kid, if if one of your children, one of your beautiful children that look like you and your wife, right. none of my kids look <laughs> like me, bro. Kids, I can disown every one of them. Not a single one of them looks like me, bro. It's like it's it's the it's the curse of like like Josh looks like uh, you, man. Well, kind of. I still can deny all my children. So, it's <laughs> so like before this takes a turn, walk away. But what happens if 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 you find out if you get home and your wife yeah. is like, they yeah. put our baby's desk in yeah. the bathroom? Yeah. What is happening? Yeah, that's over. That that's lights out because, like you know, most of the time I try to stay out. I'm uh, at home. I like to be a civilian. You know, we do this work nationally, and we're involved in this all the time. At home, my wife takes care of a lot of things, and I get mad. I get different levels of mad as she tells me things. But I generally try to keep a good rule of not like, like not to go full on citizen steward at home because you know I don't think these people are ready for that. But the desk in the bathroom would be the end of that. The desk in the bathroom would be the, okay, now you got to hear from me. Hey, you know, I even joined the PTA, man. Right. And I'm like Clark Kent at this, you know, I'm not Superman. I'm not Citizen Stewart on the PTA. I'm just like this dude. Now I'm sure they have all Googled me by now. Like, cause you know, after the first meeting, I thought I've caught some different looks and stares <laughs> in the first meeting. <laughs> but to answer your question directly, uh, that would be the, 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 the bottom line. That would be the last time that you could do something to my child like that. I feel that way for this kid. I don't have to be that kid's parent. 
I look at this and, and you know what? I also want my, my, my listeners, all of y'all to listen, listening to this, to know that Baba Sharif is like the least racist of the, the eight black hands. He, he's the least racist, but some of these stories, cause the rest of us are kind of racist. We, we range from not racist. It's just like, like, yeah, we, we black. Prejudice, we black. brother. We Prejudice, brother. Not, no, 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 no. There you go, Reef. Ray can be racist, right? Like, <laughs> so, so we range on this show from like completely egalitarian, which would be Baba Reef, to mildly racist, you know, some of us in the middle, I'm going to say who, to, to straight out, all right, like old man, black, old black man racist, right? Like, like, um, but but these stories that we're talking about today are kids of different colors, right? I want people to, to recognize that we're just talking about the humanity of children, period. You shouldn't be doing any of this to any child. Like it, the autistic kid we're talking about right now is a white kid. We right. talked about a one previous that was a white kid. Uh, we're talking about the white boys beating up this black boy uh, and, and this black girl getting arrested. But none of this should be happening to anybody's children. Yeah, it's crazy. None of them. Exactly. Exactly. And, and Ray, the, the, the line has been set for you, brother. Te- yeah, what's up, so, racist so, Ray? So, 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 so let me... Let, <laughs> let, let us all mute for Ray. Let us yo, all mute let, for Ray. Let's do it. Go let, ahead, Ray. Let, yo, let me throw a disclaimer out here right now. Ray Ancrum is not a racist at all, right? No, nah, you racist. So I ride for, Go ahead. I, I ride for everybody. First and foremost, black people don't have the ability to be racist. See, that's racist. We're not... We, yo, we don't have the ability to be racist. We could be prejudiced, but we can't be racist. That's the first thing. The second thing is... Speak for yourself, you, brother. I can be racist. I don't know about you, but speak for yourself. Why, I can be racist. Why would, why, would, why would you say that? Uh, yo, bro, we got a national audience. Like, what are you no, saying? I'm just saying if I wanted to be, I could be. I could be racist. Don't, don't limit me. Don't put limits on my growth. <laughs> I could be racist if I want to. <laughs> why are you trying to kill a man's dreams? Oh, my goodness. This is... <laughs> this guy. The left right. turns that I'm, we take. Go ahead, Ray. Yes. I'm going back on I'm, mute. <laughs> Yo, uh-uh, uh-uh, this is very, yo, I just want the audience to know, I, anything that has to do with race, <laughs> I, uh... I think he's I talking about the general privilege of being racist. Like, that's a that's such a privilege that very few people, folks have around the world. I have black privilege. I don't see color. I don't see color. Oh, my God. Right. I gotta go. Is that what you did, right? Go yeah, Sharif would definitely <laughs> leave on that one. Here's Sharif. <laughs> As he walked off in handcuffs, handcuffs <laughs> off the plane. And, what is that, United, bro? <laughs> just, as the, just as the Republican says, he doesn't see race. Go go ahead, brother. <laughs> Please, Ray, go ahead and answer the question. <laughs> I just taken 10 minutes to answer bro. this question. Ray, go ahead. Don't interrupt Ray no more, Listen, y'all. Let yo, Ray finish. Yo, so this is a touchy subject, right? And um, and, and I don't want to handcuff myself by by giving an answer uh, to to this. I I I I, I don't see color. No, oh, which is no, bullshit. No, which is absolute, right. which is absolute bullshit. Yo, that's the most bullshit answer that anybody black could ever give. Right. That's the most bullshit answer that anybody of any color could ever give. Right. Mm-hmm. Like race, there's a dynamics that exists. Right. And like there are things that happen that hell yeah, I'm like yo, what the what the hell is going on? That make me question race, make me, you know, do all these other things. Do I intentionally try to be racist? No, but I mean, I'm sure it comes out. I, mean, I guess it's human nature. I guess it comes out with everybody, it, it, given the situation. So, yeah. I mean, like, I'm going to say something profound. Like, what you're saying is, you know, you're not, uh, you're not colorblind, but you're not blinded by color either. 
right? right. And that's yeah. to me, like you do recognize color, but if somebody who is hurting, who is white or of another color, you're not blinded, blinded by the fact that they're white so that you don't have any feelings for their humanity in that situation. Right. When we get these white right. kids getting dogged like this, I don't look at it and go like, oh, well, that's a white kid. So that's it, you know, that's yeah. fair game. That would make me that would make me inhuman, right? That would make me a bad person. Um, and I don't see that. Like we get into this a lot, like teaching kids that they're bad because they're white and all that type of stuff. We could have a different podcast about that, but I don't believe in that. These are kids. These are straight up just children. These are kids. You're supposed to look at them as kids, regardless of what color they are. But don't be blind. You're not blind to the fact that they're different colors. Agree. Like, like for example, my tight end on my fantasy team, Greg Olson. He's white. I love him. He scored scored twenty. Oh, there, so there was so many problems with that sentence. It sounds so Wait, bad. It didn't it sound it bad? It sounds so bad. It sounded <laughs> terrible. So there was bad. so much eroticism in that. It oh was crazy. <laughs> it was just, it was nuts. We have jumped the shark. <laughs> Listen, before we go out, and Ray does not want us to talk about this topic, so Ray, you don't have to, but Chris and I definitely are going to comment on this Booker converse, this, this Booker piece. So the last topic is we saw uh, our friend, <laughs> our old friend, uh, Corey Booker, begging for money last night. And I mean, really begging. And he called it transparency. He said, Jeez. never in history, <laughs> what he said, never in history has a campaign been so transparent about the need for money. And I had a reaction. And I think so did Chris Stewart. Uh, Ray, you are more than welcome to join us in this conversation, but you, I, I respect you not uh, one to give Chris, I mean, uh, not one to give uh, Booker any of your uh, air. Chris, what is your... Thoughts on Corey? Well, you go ahead. Day. You go first for once, man. You go. I ahead. will. Thank you. I appreciate that, man. Uh, I think that, and you remember in the show because I get blamed for caping for everybody. Remember, I talked about the nuance. <laughs> and I talked about the nuance, <laughs> and I talked about yeah. all of that stuff. Yeah. I. This is my message for you, Corey Booker, because I like you and I like you a lot, and I think that sometimes See, people are really goes. good at their jobs, and I think that <laughs> the problem is is when a politician is too good at their job. He is too good of a politician to where he doesn't believe in anything. And what that means is he twisted and consorted and contorted himself so much to try to ingratiate himself with a group of people that don't give a fuck about him and that will not care about him and are loving twisting his neck that he alienated people that do care about him and care about the policies that are actually starting to show results now. The things that he actually made some tough decisions on and he has found himself in no man's land with nobody to care for him, no money to be had and you have 3% of the vote and I think that that's inflated. So, <laughs> So you go home, you look in the mirror right. and you figure out who the hell you are. Um, yeah. And then you come back <laughs> and, 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 and rebuild up what you had built up with some of these people when you were making tough decisions to make sure that black kids were being taught. That is what I have to say. Uh, but you are not being transparent. You are broke. You are broke. You are doing what my family does when they don't have money and they call me and I ain't heard from them in years. You are asking for money. So. The same way that I do them, I'm not answering. So, Chris, you can go ahead and continue. <laughs> he's doing what, he's doing what Bow Wow did with Instagram, right? <laughs> like, for a while there, you thought he was running pretty good. Like, it was good. You know, he had money. He had a plane and all that stuff. And now, this was shocking to me. Like, I'm straight up broke. Like, he, he really is. It's the most honest he's been in many years. Um, I, I can't improve on what you said, man. The bottom line is, I, I, first of all, it tells me a lot the way you treat your friends. 
So if you are like that close, even if I don't like your friends and you that close with them today and you run and just throw them under the bus on another day because you want something else or you want to be liked by somebody, I think everybody dislikes you. Like everybody dislikes you. Even the people you're trying to win over might pat you on the head and still dislike you because they think that you're, you're, you're phony. We knew this with the Spartacus stuff. We knew this when he started running and he started throwing people under the bus. When he said the stuff about, you know, I used to be for charters, but I'm offended by the charter school laws that have been passed by these Republicans. When somebody dug up the tape showed that he had come to Michigan when they were passing that stuff and basically he was all in for it. So he's phony. Nobody wants a phony for, for, uh, for like you said, Oh, I like him. What's the light? He's phony. He's counterfeit. He's a jackass, right? Like, let's just be real. He wants to be president bad enough to sell out his friends, to sell out an agenda for black children, to erase parts of his own legacy that were productive, but now that they're politically inconvenient, he doesn't want them anymore. Like, how many more character flaws do I need to keep going on? This is a dude who can get elected. He could be anybody when he gets elected. He get elected, turn into Diane Ravage, you know, Buddy Hackett. You know, he could turn into anything when he gets in, into office there, right? So Yeah, man. It's, it's, I like it's him. There's no good reason well, to say well, anything. Wait, wait, wait. Hold up, hold up. No, you can't talk about Diane Ravage on our show. That's Charles's friend. That's true. Is this it? is true. Oh, I take it back because, like, Charles and Diane, is right? it's like, it's like they've been, they've been emailing each other. going on. <laughs> I, 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 well, I have a little update, so I reached back out. Um, no, yeah, yeah. She I'm, didn't I'm, say I'm telling you. I, so it yeah. was, it was something about an email exchange that needs to happen. I'm going to reach back out. Uh, I want to have this conversation. I really want, and I'm gonna be very respectful, uh, yeah. Diane. Yeah. I, I will not even refute what they said because I want us to have this conversation and I want you to have your camera people and my camera people That's and right. I want us to sit right. in front of each other and I want to have a conversation around That's why right. it is wrong for people right. like my mother and my community to want to have choices when you yeah. have proudly stated on a public platform like Twitter that you have yeah. sent your children and grandchildren to private schools. Like yeah, I just... White. Your parents aren't white. They're not. Why would, you, why would your parents get that choice? My grandfather looks white? white. I sent a picture of him before. He That's looks not white. Good enough. That's not good enough. Creole. Good choice. You got to be. All right, so, 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 so let me. Can I, get, yeah. can I get my? Can I get your my grandfather's off white? Going on here. Go ahead, Spartacus. Go ahead, Spartacus. Go ahead, Spartacus. Right. Spartacus. Go ahead, Spartacus. <laughs> so, so here's here's what I'm going to say about Mr. Booker. Oh, you are going to talk about him. Go ahead. Oh, we'll talk about it. All right, ladies so, and gentlemen, so, racist Ray has something to say. Let's do this. Oh, God. I liked it better when I was Republican. Ray, but right. <laughs> We're going to call you Uncle Rakus. <laughs> Uncle Rakus. Go ahead. Uncle Rakus. All right. So when Booker came on TV, he needed $1.7 million in order for his campaign to continue. According to sources on CNN and MSNBC, uh, Mr. Booker's campaign is now revitalized based off of him giving this message that he needs money in order to continue to go, right? And so that number that was 1.7 is now 1.3. So, and he has nine days in order to get $1.3 million. So like when you think about it in the scheme of things, in terms of uh, how many people we have in the country, I think everybody in the country, every Democrat in the country would have to give about 20 cents in order for him to continue with his race. So what I see is I see is Mr. Booker getting to Iowa. He will definitely get to Iowa, probably placed like fourth in Iowa. But like the big thing for Booker and his campaign is if he gets to South Carolina, then he may be able to do some things in South Carolina. So like this isn't the end of Cory Booker, but this is a wake up call for him in order for him to 
be the real Cory Booker, the person that we've been calling for uh, since since he started his campaign. Because can he you know, do we it? Already talk- do you think he can come back now? Do you think he can double well, dip? <laughs> I mean, he's gonna have to. He's gonna have to do something different in order for him to to to, to reach folks or whatever. You know, so. I mean, I like uh, right burned, now he's he burned the wrong bridge. I feel. I, like. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I bridge. agree with that. But like, so, but right now, the, the thought process behind him doing something different is he's now auditioning for a cabinet position, right? Because mm-hmm. that's usually how that's usually how those things work. And so, mm-hmm. you know, if he can pivot the way that he needs to pivot, then we may see Cory Booker's Secretary of State or whatever, you know, something like that. What's so funny about what you just said, what Charles said, what I said, let's just wrap it. But, you know, the thing that I would say was so funny is we didn't talk about any of this having to do with children, student achievement, the kids in the schools, the kids who will never get to where Cory Booker is, the people that will never be Rhodes Scholars and get that Rhodes Scholarship and any of that type of stuff. People that will never become mayor of Newark and have a movie made about them and get a phone call from Betsy DeVos and be on a stage before they're ready for president. We didn't talk about those kids. We didn't talk about the kids in your hood, uh, Charles, of Oakland or Chicago or Kentucky or mine of New Orleans and Oakland and Minneapolis and yours, Ray, of near Canada, wherever you are and shit. You know, like we didn't talk. (laughs) We didn't talk about the children of any of those places. Right. That's that's that should tell us everything we need to know about what kind of education leader he is. We didn't spend any time on his ideas about education. Bro, I grew up 24.7 miles away from your original grow-up destination, bro. I, I grew up in Covington, Louisiana. That's oh, that's a causeway ride away from New Orleans. But you live in Nova Scotia now. No, I don't. <laughs> I, live on, I live Don't on you? Long Island. You you live. You Let's not talk about where you live, bro. Do you I even have, na- do you have neighbors? <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do. They're, they're furry and fuzzy. We got wild turkey. We got deer. <laughs> Uh, every now and then there will be a coyote. Y'all call them coyotes. There will be a coyote every now and then. Yeah, it's all good. Oh man. Anyway, <laughs> but, so what do we cover today? Let's let's break it down for yeah. our listeners. First go, of all, go ahead, Chris. It. You got it. We covered. Yeah, right, right. So we covered the schools uh, that they're not safe to trust just outright. You got to be watching out. We have kids that are being put in bathrooms with their desk. We have kids that are being arrested at school, like straight up, not just one, but two, a six-year-old and an eight-year-old. And this isn't the first time we've seen a story. Bottom line, parents don't trust any kind of school because these this today we're talking about a charter school. Another day we'll be talking about a district school. Uh, God, Charles had to, has told you this a million times. You're on your own. <laughs> don't just be out here trusting everybody. Um, <laughs> we also talked about like, well, I don't know if I want to go deep down in, but I do think this is interesting for another podcast, whether or not black people can be racist or not, but I'm going to leave that one alone right now. That did come up. I think that's an important one for us to do this on too, right? Uh, um, we talked a little bit about, you know, Takashi, Tech 9, whatever his name is. Takashi 69. What's his name? What's his name? Is the Rainbow Bright. Takashi 69. Is what we right? Is, yes, yeah. Which again should be another podcast where we talk about how uh, uh, cancerous uh, uh, hip hop is to the culture. Of black oh my god! So you just blamed uh, all. Oh my god! Continue, please. <laughs> and then we wrapped. We, we wrapped with Mr. Booker, the the biggest kind of Afroplastic phony I've ever seen in my life. Afroplastic. Right? You got to do an article yeah. with the title saying Afroplastic. Okay. Oh, I've done it before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's it's been a hashtag before. He's Afroplastic for sure. I want Corey to come on this show. I want I'm gonna ask, I want to see if we can get Corey on this I show. Think, I, I think Corey should come on the show with you. 
<laughs> I think you should. You don't want to nice. talk to Corey? I mean, I am. why should I, I am. talk to people that are actually complicit in the diminishment of black minds in classrooms every day? If you get any amount of power and you're black and you have a college education, you should be using it every single day to make mm-hmm. sure that every black mind in America is being supported. Bro, we got somebody. We got we got somebody that had eight, eight years in office and do that. So what you talking about? Oh no, no, no! Don't go there. That's another podcast too. Obama did a lot for education, so chill out. He told you to pull up your pants and to stop complaining. Wow. Y'all are the y'all are the kings of of not closing out shows and this just is, start this opening wormholes. This is the eight black hands. This is what we do. I got you. Rap. This is what we do, bro. Why are you trying to be like culturally incompetent? This is what we do. This is how we rap. Oh right. my goodness, Ray! What yes, do you want to say? Pardon. Well, let's let's see if Ray has any pardon words. Do it. Pardon, pardon words for Ray is Ray is not a racist. He's welcoming of all bodies and <laughs> and, and Ooh, again, all, that's, that's all, all types of all types of energies. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and he's still a Republican. Uh, in my final, yeah, racist uh, and erotic. Go ahead, bro. And, and one of the things I and one of the things that I think we should cover. Uh, I haven't done enough stuff on it, but I sent it to you all in the, in our group in our chat. Was um I've been doing this research of the blackest cities and blackest towns in the country mm-hmm. uh and just uh and and i'm i'm choosing right to like invest time and money and my and my energy in one of those places and i would think it'd just be interesting to look at this state by state and actually then look at the educational apparatus in those places and see just how well black kids are being treated uh and if they're being educated or not and then what we can do collectively since that you know i know oh we didn't talk about killer mike and stuff so maybe we can talk about that uh that revolt um yeah, uh, we're gonna at some time. We're gonna roll off and we're gonna do a, a, a podcast on that. All right, I'm with that. So, because Charles, tomorrow morning I'm having a phone call with some research. See, you be telling people this. I on sent, the I sent, actually, I sent it to you in a Slack a while ago. <laughs> and I know, and Ray got Slack heat for you. Competence. See, this is your TFA coming out again. I oh sent it to God. you on Slack. I sent it to you on Slack. <laughs> Chris, we've been wait, trying wait, to reach you. Let me try to reach you, Chris. Wait, so wait, 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 wait. Wait. So, <laughs> yo, I'm not even. Yo, Charles, your 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 research, your research is going to be so dope. But I got yes. two words for your research. Uh oh. Property value. Hey, man, and, and I think that, but that's a conversation that we need to start having, and we need to start talking about property value and finances and education because these things, the as we continue to keep these things separate, we are not helping our own people. And uh, I think these conversations need to start merging together because they are all connected. Uh, and with that being said, you have been listening to another episode of the Eight Black Hands podcast. We have loved and enjoyed having this conversation with you. Uh, Ray has done an amazing job of putting out his Republican roots and claiming that he is not racist and he does not see color. Chris has put things in perspective for us and Sharif has ran through an airport for you all and almost got kicked off a plane because his last name is El Mecky. And, and he so, has an afro. Yes. <laughs> and he's an afro. He got the last afro. So. We will see you all next time. Uh, and as Chris has asked you, he gave you all some homework. Uh, let us know, uh, what was that question? Ask it one more time, Chris, around uh, from our it was around topic. discipline. It's around discipline and getting rid of police in the schools. Do you believe in the short term or the long term that that would be problematic for us to get rid of police officers from schools? And I will tweet that out. We'll see you all next time. Peace. You have been listening to the Eight Black Hands podcast with Ankrum, Cole, El Mecky, and Stewart. If you like what you heard, follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at Eight Black Hands One. Thank you for listening.